Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. It's March, you all. I promise it's not Halloween. I know it's dark, but I want to let you know that darkness is not horrible. Darkness is not bad. I know that when we think about darkness, we think about every single thing else other than good. But stretch with me in this month as we talk about blessings from the dark. Today, specifically promises made in the dark. Friends, in the dark, we notice beautiful stars. In the dark, that's when most of us are asleep. In the dark, we are prepared. In the dark, we are renewed. And most of all, as scripture tells us, that's what's done in the dark will always come to light. Friends, again, I tell you, I want you to catch it. That's why I'm saying it multiple times. Darkness is not horrible. And I want us to see. I want us to see just that in Scripture. That there's some beautiful promises that were made in the dark, but that impacted people greatly. Think for a moment about darkness like author Mary Oliver would describe it. Mary Oliver once said that someone I loved once gave me a box full of darkness. It took me years to understand that this, too, was a gift. Darkness, again, I'm telling you, it's the third time. It's not always horrible. Some promises are made in the dark. Creation was birthed in the dark. And God makes an amazing promise to a brother by the name of Abram right in Genesis 15. Here it is in the darkness. For 50 chapters over a span of 2,200 years, the book of Genesis speaks to our creation, our mess-ups, our fall, but also points us to our redemption. In the beginning, God laid the powerful foundation of humanity's existence. But God is so great because God knew that we would fall into darkness, that, yes, we would experience darkness. But guess what? God knew we would need him. <laughs> and so God, like a brand new bike rider needs train, training wheels, God has given us his word <laughs> that will lead us all throughout life. Like a driver to a steering wheel, God knows exactly how to navigate life. God knows how to navigate the darkness inside each and every one of us. God knows how to navigate the darkness that we experience. So allow me to lean into Genesis 15, pointing out a very important character in the scene. And that is a brother by the name of Abram. Abram is from a place called Ur in southern Babylonia. Abram, if we fast forward a bit of his life past his childhood, we're going to notice that Abram marries a nice young woman by the name of Sarah. They do life together and both of them become a bit mature. But yet, as he marries Sarah, 
He had enough faith to continue trusting God all throughout his life. I want you to listen (laughs) that I want you to notice this, that Abram even set out from his home, walking to a land that the Lord would show him. That's faith in action. (laughs) But the thing about Abram, the thing about Sarah, Abram and his wife, Sarah, they don't have any children. They don't have no cats. They don't have no dogs. They are just seasoned. They they're mature. And if you don't catch it by now, Abram and Sarah are old. But we can trust something about God in understanding a bit of Abram's life is this, that God does not waste days, nor does God waste time. You see, in Genesis 15, after defeating multiple kings, Abram finds himself scared. But God tells him two things. God makes two promises to Abram in the midst of being fearful, experiencing this fearful darkness. God whispers to Abram saying, I am your shield. What that means is God will defend you. Yet he also says, I am your reward. That means God will travel with you. On top of being fearful of possible plots of revenge, Abram is worried. He's frustrated because Sarah, as well as himself, they cannot have children. Abram doesn't understand what's going on. He's upset and he says, you know, if I was to die today, I wouldn't have anybody to give my belongings to except my servant named Eleazar, who's from Damascus. The Lord tells him, hey, bro, I understand that you're frustrated by this. I understand that you're experiencing a bit of emotional darkness as you and Sarah are not able to have children at the at the point. The Lord probably tells him something like this. I understand that your insecurities are getting the best of you at this moment. But check this out. I'm going to do something for you and Sarah. I want you to listen to this promise in the midst of emotional pain and darkness right here in Genesis chapter 15, beginning at verse four. The text tells us, then the word of the Lord came to him. This man that you're talking about, Eleazar, you won't have to leave your belongings to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky. Count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offsprings be. Friends, do you hear what happens in the midst of emotional darkness? God assures Abram even in darkness. You see, emotional Abram is in a dark place. He, him and his wife are not being able to accomplish the goals that they want to accomplish. They don't know what's next. They're worried about their future. They're full of worry. They're full of doubt. And God says, I want to meet you at your situation. God says, I want to meet you in darkness. God promises Abram a child, but then God blows Abram's mind because Abram is asking for one child. But the Lord tells him to go outside in darkness, look up and as many of the stars in the cosmos. That's how many offsprings that Abram will have. But look what happened. Emotional darkness is present. Look what happened if there were no dark, if it wasn't any darkness, how would there be any stars to even notice? Catch this, that the Lord assures Abram in darkness. 
And what does this mean for our lives? I'm glad you asked. It means that some lessons, some development, some growth can only take place in the dark. The thing about it is Abraham, he believed the promise. You see, God has a way of removing some doubt. Yes, but God also has an amazing way of obliterating and destroying doubt. You see, after the promise, God says, don't forget, Abram, in case you struggle or wrestle to believe this. Don't forget, I'm the one who bought you out of earth. He tells Abram, he says, don't forget about the past times that I've assured you. I will fulfill this promise. But Abram is just like us. He shows his humanity. He says, God, thank you for these amazing promises. I hear you. You're blessing me in the dark. But how will I actually gain all of this land that you're speaking about? How will this promise of a child and being the father of many nations, how will this play out in my life? I mean, like real life. I love Abram here in the text because he shows his humanity, but God shows his patience. You see, God offers assurance, but Abram wanted assurance that by trusting in this promise, God's will would actually be done. Friends, it is not that Abram is questioning God so much. Like, it's not that he doesn't want to follow God. It's that he's been waiting an incredibly long time. He doesn't have any kids. He doesn't have any, any dogs. He doesn't have any cats. And Abram is a bit weary. Oh, friends, don't you meet Abram right there? Somebody that's watching this, if not multiple people, have been waiting on God to do something. You've been praying about it. You've been fasting about it. You've been even waiting for this pandemic to end, right? You've been waiting maybe for a raise on your job. You've been waiting for maybe your mate to value you the way that you want to be valued. You've been waiting for some things, and in your wait, you may become weary. But as Paul would say, take heart, because we serve a God that meets us at our situation and not only overlooks our situation. We serve a God that comes down in the darkness, walks with us in the darkness and leads us to light. But I love what God does in the text because here it is. Abram is all worried. He's all bent out of shape. And what happens? God shows how patient he is. Oh, God is patient, not only with Abram, but all of his children. Abram eventually believes God. He trusts God, even amidst emotional darkness. But can we lean into Abram's insecurity for a moment? If you're like me, this text challenges you. It challenges all of us to live out our faith and to not put so much stock in feeling. You see, feelings are real. Yes, we should acknowledge them, but it's our faith that can move the mountains of insecurity, the mountains of fear, the mountains of frustration. Friends, together, let's model what Abram did, that even though he felt so dark and down, that he still mustered up enough faith to have faith in God. It's not bad to ask questions to God, but whatever you do, whatever you encounter, please hold on to your faith because God rewards our faithfulness. Even in dark times, you've got to learn how to question God, but you've also got to learn how to have faith in God. So listen, 
Listen to this. The Lord knew that Abram was not done with his questions. And so what he says is, "Okay, I'm going to set it up for you because the Lord is about to do something that's unknown to Abram, but completely known to God. And so what God says is he says, Abram, I need for you to bring me a young cow, a goat, a ram, all of them being three years of age, also a dove and a young pigeon. Now, listen, y'all, if you hear this in the text, I know it's going to raise your eyebrows. It's going to make you want to shut the Bible and say, "Okay, hold on. What am I doing? But stay with me here. (laughs) Abram, he goes on. He says, "Okay, God, I'm going to bring you all these animals that have to be approximately three years of age and I'm going to put them on the altar. I'm going to sacrifice them because before Jesus came, this was the practice that people in biblical days would sacrifice animals in an effort to atone for their sins. So, Abram, he does this. This is normal, even though it's abnormal to all of us. Right. And he sacrifices these animals. He kills these animals. But then all of a sudden he splits them in half each animal. And look at what verse 12 says after he prepared this unusual request for an intentional God. The text says. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Friends, we've seen God assure Abram in darkness, but we have to understand right now in verses 9 through 16, this important lesson that darkness doesn't scare God. Darkness frightens us. Darkness doesn't scare God. Darkness, in fact, frightens us. You see, in emotional darkness and frustration, God gives Abram rest. Do you hear that? If we hit the rewind button, we see Abram was worried about having a child. The Lord said, hey, I promise you're not going to have to leave all your belongings to Eleazar. I am going to give you a child of your own flesh and blood. Okay, that should have been enough, but it did not settle. It did not settle Abram's heart. He says, okay, matter of fact, go out, count all the stars, count them. Guess what? You're going to be the father of this many nations. That didn't settle Abram's heart. It did a little bit, but still doubt found residence in his heart. Now he says, hey, guess what? I hear you frustrated. I know you're stuck in darkness a little bit, and I know you're so worried. You're frantic. I'm going to give you rest. (laughs) Friends, Abram is scared and he's frustrated. But you know what I love about the text? Because this is how we do. We have problems in our lives and we try to fix it on our own and we run here, we run there, we run everywhere and we question and question and question. But our faith continues to decrease and God sometimes has to put us in a state of rest. Sometimes God has to put us in a place where we can't do nothing about it so that God can work. Sometimes God don't need our nagging. He needs our praying. Sometimes God don't need us saying, oh, my God, how is this going to come out? God just needs us to follow God. And this is what happens in the text. Abram literally is sleep. Oh, friends, but while he's asleep, God is going to handle his challenge. While he's asleep, God's going to make mention of his catastrophe. While he's asleep, the Lord is going to reveal some things to him. It's in verse 14. <laughs> that he literally begins speaking to Abram, telling him that, you know, 400 years, things are going to be rough for your descendants. They're going to be mistreated. They're going to be in darkness. But darkness will not last. It's in verse 14 where he says, the Lord says, but I will punish the nation. They serve as slaves 
That's Abram's descendants. And afterward, they will come up out of there with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. These words, I know they're not hallmarkish. These words are really not joyful. But I promise you, if you look carefully, they scream hope. You see, this is hopeful. Why? Because it shows us that some challenges we can't run from. We just got to live through. It's hopeful because it does say, yes, 400 years, these things are going to be horrible. It also says, guess what? Yes, Abram, you're going to pass. But guess what? It also says, but the Lord will punish those who were oppressing your descendants. Friends, there's the hope because it tells us this, that sometimes things may get dark, but your darkness has an expiration date. It tells us that, yes, sometimes things may be bleak, things may get wild, but God is still going to be God. We see this in the text that God knows how to assure us in the midst of darkness. But he says this, he says, catch this, it will only be for a time. Hmm. Friends, this thing blessed me right here (laughs) because a lot of times I don't know about you, but I'll preach to myself right here. Sometimes I get in so enthralled with problems that I think this is going to be my lifetime and it's just my moment. And what you got to understand is that's the reason why Abram is asleep, because the Lord is telling him you so frantic about the moment, but learn to have faith for your life. You see, it's in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one, that it validates that everything, even darkness, has its time. Ecclesiastes three, verse one says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. Darkness has an expiration date. Your problems have an expiration date. Your pain has an expiration date. Your discomfort has an expiration date. And even in the midst of darkness, God is still able not only to meet us there, but to take us into the marvelous light. Friends, we've seen that he's assured, he assures in darkness. We understand it. But catch this. Darkness doesn't frighten God. It frightens us. And yet he ends this narrative talking about the promises of God. But he adds on to it, saying that the promises of God are generational and do not die. (laughs) I mean, he's saying these blessings are going to go for you, but your children's children and their children's children will experience the blessings and benefit from this promise in the midst of darkness and sleep. (laughs) The Lord talks to Abram. It was dark. But you remember those animals that were three years of age that Abram, before he took his great nap, sliced in half? Well, the Lord is coming for those animals now. He tells Abram, well, while Abram is asleep, Abram has a vision. And he has a vision of a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch passing between the halves of each and every animal. I promise this isn't a Halloween message. I promise it it, it means something. (laughs) It passes through the cow, the ram, the goat, the dove, the pigeon, and all of these animals 
What does this mean, though? Is it just a horrifying dream? Did God have a purpose for this? Yes. The sacrifice, the smoke and the fire were symbols of God's holiness. This day, even in the midst of darkness, the Lord is telling Abram, I'm holy. I'm divine. I will still do everything I say that I will do. The altar was to be the worship It was where you made worship, your sacrifice. He's telling Abram that the reason these animals were sacrificed is yes, to atone for your sins. But guess what? He's inviting Abram to worship him, to worship him by being faithful, to worship him by believing. And God will prove to be holy. God is not a man that he would lie. Friends, and on that day. The Lord promised Abram, he says, all of your descendants will be recipients of land from the Wadi Desert all the way to the Euphrates River. It was dark. Yes, my brother Abram had some emotional pain, but the Lord gave him some key promises in the midst of his darkness. God assured him. God told him, I will do everything that I will do. God blessed him and God worked for Abram. Friends, I want you to know something that I found out this week. The word Barak in Hebrew, it means bless, but it gives us this word picture of kneeling. This comes from the ancient travelers who used to go on a journey before they had Bugattis or cars. They had camels. And they would travel to their destination with all of their belongings on the hump and in between the hump of the camel. Once they reached their destination, they would literally hop off of the camel. But then all of their stuff would still be on top of the camel. So they would take a stick and they would hit the camel in its knees and holler, Barack! Barack! And eventually... The camels would go from standing with all of the bags and burdens on their backs. Then they would kneel down and the traveler could collect their belongings. Friends, we learn here from the camel because we should bless God by giving our burdens to God. We should bless God by giving our faith to God because God is able to take our burdens. We're not able and ready to function with all of the burdens on our backs. That's why we are burned out. That's why we are depressed. That's why we are angry with people who have gone away from us because we have burdens and they weigh us down. They tear up our relationships. They tear up our friendships, they tear up everything. But yet when we can kneel, just like the camel did, when we can kneel, God will relieve us of our burdens. Friends, in the darkness, I know sometimes it gets dark. I understand that sometimes grief is unassessed. I understand that there are times where you're waiting on God and you feel as if God does not hear you, but I'm inviting you to kneel. I'm inviting you to change your perspective because even in the darkness, your hand is in the hand of the one who calms the water. Your hand is in the hand of the one who calms the sea. I want you to know that you are not alone. So whatever darkness you may be experiencing, trust God. 
Because even in the darkness, if you can silence your issues for a moment and trust your Savior, you will notice that the Lord will make some promises to you in the, God, in the dark. The Lord will tell you, I'll never leave you nor forsake you in the dark. The Lord will tell you that you could do all things through Christ in the dark. The Lord will tell you that you are above and not beneath in the dark. The Lord will tell you that you can keep on going in the dark. The Lord will tell you that if you just keep on going, you stand still, I'll fight your battles in the dark. The Lord will say, I will fight for you and you need only to be still. I know it may be dark, but the light has come and the light will come again. So friends, trust God in the darkness because your darkness has an expiration date. Let's pray. God, thank you for meeting us in the darkness. We hate that we ever have to experience darkness, but we know that you're right there with us. Even when we're so frightened and scared, you stay with us, God, for the promises you made Abram. You promise us the same. Thank you, Lord, that right now, even as it's dark, we can kneel in faith and you'll take our burdens. In the name of Christ, we do pray. Amen. Friends, I pray that this message as well as this great singing and everything has been amazing for you. But I want to ask right now that if you're watching and you by chance don't know Christ, you've never had a relationship with Christ, I want to invite you to be able to do so right where you are. You can do so by simply repeating a prayer after me. I promise it's short. Just simply say this, Lord, I'm thankful for Jesus. I believe Jesus died for me. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life in Christ's name. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that, we want to know about it. We want to walk with you and we want to help you any way we can to help you understand what it means to be a Jesus follower. Friends, I know we preached on darkness. Abram experienced darkness. Well, guess what? We do too. Whether you're fighting any type of darkness, again, I tell you, you are not alone. God's love will continue to shine through. But if you want to pray and you want a prayer partner, we want to pray with you. Feel free, whether you've just accepted Christ or you need prayer, to reach out to us at altogether at spdl.org. In case you're wondering what that SPDL stands for, it stands for Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. And here at Second Ponce, if you want to know more about connecting with this community, we'd love for you to go on our website and to look and to see if this community fits you. You belong here, but most of all, you're welcome here. And if by chance, friends, you want to give a gift to this ministry, you can on that same website that I mentioned before, spdl.org, and the giving options there, and you can give as God leads. Friends, I want you to continue thinking about Genesis 15. I want you to think about how we give too much power to our darkness and not enough understanding and power to God. So you shift your focus from the darkness to the God that can bring you into the light. And remember this takeaway. God's love shines through the darkness. God's love shines through the darkness. Remember that. Embrace it and live it out. Have a great week.
Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.